Are you in a position where you're defined by your age and that's limiting you to pursue a dream or goal you want to accomplish? The More Than Your Age podcast is about having conversations with women who fully live their lives without being dictated or defined by their age. This is a space to encourage women who feel blocked to pursue a dream or goal based on their life circumstances. Welcome to the More Than Your Age podcast. I am your host, Erica Pazbard. Let's start living life fully and become more than your age. I just finished recording the episode with my guest for today, who is Pat McGuire. I met Pat when we worked at a school district together. And my goodness, is this woman a woman of great wisdom, huge encouragement. I mean, we sat on, we we had our interview for the podcast that you're about to listen to. And then we got off and I thought we'd probably talk for another maybe five or 10 minutes. Well, a good hour and a half or so later, um, we just, you know, caught up, but if you know me personally, you know that I'm in the midst of, of a lot of grief right now in my life, and I'll probably share that um, some story maybe down the road. Um, but she just spoke so much wisdom and life into me and also just spoke a lot of encouragement about this podcast and, and how it is Um, such a big encouragement to other women and women all over just really need to hear that no matter where they are, their age, whatever situation that they're in, that they can chase after and go after the things that they want to do and not to let um, where, you know, where they're at be an excuse. And so I know you're going to hear that in, in what she speaks and how she encourages, um, me in there and, and, and you as well as the listener. And so I'm excited for you to listen to Pat's story. And there's really so much more to dive in that I never even knew. I'm like, Oh, I need her for just to ask more questions on a follow-up podcast episode. Um, but all that to say is Pat is truly, um, just a wonderful person. She is very selfless and you're going to hear that in the story that she shares. So enjoy the episode. Joining me today on the More Than Your Age podcast is one of my favorite former co-workers, Pat McGuire. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to have you. I am just laughing because to the listeners, we just were talking before and laughing. And that is what Pat did every time I saw you, Pat. Uh, You just were a ball of energy, so much joy. And I feel like I always laughed with you. It's Funny for me to think you're one of my favorite people to have ever worked with, yet we never really worked together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you always just, I mean, I don't really know how we started talking, but I just remember at some point we started talking and um, I don't know. I just loved you from the second we started talking. Same here, same here. And it's so funny because every time they will be looking for me, I was always in your office. <laughs> 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 Good. I was going to say, don't tell them. Someone might be listening. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited to just learn a little. You know, I knew you and I kind of knew some of your story at that point, And I know where you are now, but I really don't know a lot of your background. So I'm looking forward to hearing more of that to where it has led you to where you are right now. Um, so 
before we get to where you are now, I would love for you to just share a little bit about your background growing up and, and family information. Okay. Um, again, I'm Pat McGuire. I'm, I love people. My background is that I was a country girl living in Hillsborough, Texas. So every time you pass through Hillsborough going to Austin, think of me. <laughs> uh, but I was a, a little country girl uh, raised by my mom. My father died when I was 10. So I had to grow up a little bit quicker than normal people because I was the oldest of two sisters. And uh, again, my, my father died when I was 10. My mother died when I was 17. So I was a junior in high school with, I was an orphan. I lived with my aunt and uncle. Uh, I thank God for them because they saved me through high school. But I grew up in an era that it was, it was, it wasn't really faux pas about you graduating high school, let alone go to college. Um, so I got to graduate high school, but after I graduated high school, I raised my middle sister and my baby sister. And so God blessed me to find a good man. <laughs> uh, my, I met my husband when I was 21 years old. And um, when he met me, I told him my story. My, I, my parents have deceased. But I have two sisters, and um, he helped me um, get them through high, get them through college. Um, I, we we helped my sister. Uh, my sister is a, is a one is a, a, a lawyer, and the other one is a, is a um, podiatrist. So we got them through school. But that was one of my package deals. I told my husband, in order to marry me, you got to take my sisters too, and he did. He took them and took care of them, and we've been married. We've been together for 31 years, but we've been uh, we've been together for 31 years. We've been married for 27 years. I have a daughter, Barbara, that's a lawyer in Houston that I'm proud of, if you can tell. And I have a <laughs> son, Bob, that is 26. He is in Los Angeles. So um, I've been in ministry uh, with my husband for 25 years, and so it's funny because I tell this story all the time. I grew up in a really strict Methodist religion, you know, where girls didn't wear pants or shorts to church, let alone, you know, uh, so, so I would really, really grew up with my aunt and uncle. They were really, really religious. Um, so I used to tell people I never was going to marry a pastor. That was one of my, I'm not marrying a pastor. <laughs> and it was so funny because my husband was not a pastor when we first got together. We were 21. But my husband came into ministry when we turned 26 years old. And he didn't tell me he was called to preach. You want to know how I found out my husband was called to preach? Well, one Sunday morning, <laughs> I was sitting in a pew, wondering where, because my husband taught Sunday school the adult men class, I taught the young people. Never mentioned, we rode to work together, we rode to church together, we did ministry together, but he never told me God called him to preach. So one Sunday morning, I'm sitting in church, just waiting on my husband, beatboxing with the music, and, I, and his mentor comes up in the pulpit. He was a pastor. He said, my prayers have been answered. My son in the ministry has got called to preach. My husband walks up. I'm looking around like, <laughs> what you doing up there? <laughs> so, so, so I'm shocked. And everybody's coming up to me. Oh, your husband. 
is called into ministry and inside my body I'm fuming because you <laughs> church with me and never mentioned you was called to preach. <laughs> so uh so so long story short is we grew up together. My husband and I have been together since we were 21. Now we're 52. Um so we've been in ministry as long as we kind of been married. But it's funny because, again, um, people think ministry is an exciting <laughs> a, exciting time in your life. And it can be, but it's a hard work. It's a lot of hard work. And sometimes you have to really understand your calling. So, again, I go back to I never, ever said, number one, I want to marry a pastor. <laughs> number two, <laughs> be in ministry for 25 years. Um, and three, uh, it's a 24 hour job. So, uh, so again, it's, it's really has been, it's been a learning experience, but I take that 26 year old freshly married woman with two little kids. Uh, well, one, I was pregnant with one and had a two year old and your husband tells you over the pulpit <laughs> that I'm <laughs> ministry <laughs> so so but yeah it's that's just part of my short story where how i have some people tell me i need to write a book <laughs> I, I, I mean i didn't even i didn't know that you lost your parents so young uh, i'm so sorry for that oh well thank you uh again uh another thing when i lost my parents so young that made me um and i'm gonna tell you another uh, another thing how God put people together. Um, when I met my husband, I was a freshman in college. My husband was a soft, a junior. I mean, in North Texas and we was at a party <laughs> and, um, he was telling me a story and I thought he was lying because let me tell you, he, um, we were talking and I was telling him how, you know, my mother died uh, when I was, you no. Know, at that time it was about two years ago, two years after she died when I went to college. Um, and uh, he said, oh, my mother died at birth, at, you know, when he giving birth to me. And I said, no, she didn't. He said, yes, she did. And I said, and I mentioned my mother's name. My mother's name is Barbara K. His mother's name is Barbara Ann. No way. Yes, yes, yes. And so I thought, he would just align. I said, your mother's not named Barbara. And he took out an old picture that he carries around with her name on the back of it. And we were, I was like, oh my God. So we had kind of the same story where his, his mother died at birth. My mother died when I was 17, but he's the oldest of two sisters. I'm the oldest of two sisters. And he had to grow up quickly because he lived with his grandmother after his mother died. Um, and then I lived with my aunt. So it was it was just funny how God put us together and and I mean it just is we've been together ever since. But yeah, that's his and our daughter's name is Barbara. <laughs> so she couldn't my daughter, even if she wanted to to be another name, she couldn't have because she is the only daughter only granddaughter on both sides. So she had to be named Barbara. But yeah, my husband's name, my husband's mother's name is Barbara and my mother's name is Barbara. And we're the oldest of two of two sisters. And it's, it's just so funny how our lives just fell together. 
and I would never know anybody else to spend my life with but him. But yeah, that's that's how our story began, just like that. Wow. Well, that's you know a whole other conversation too with him. I I never knew that either. Well, and as you were growing up, you so you lost your father at ten. Do you recall much of the, that time right after that happened and how that affected you? It affected me in the sense that I, I realized as I was growing up and even working in ministry, how young women and young men need their fathers because um, every girl um, I, I think is, 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 a, is, a, is a daddy's girl. And I think every man needs a father to kind of direct their path. And so as I was growing up, I was looking, looking for love because I didn't have a dad, but also looking for some direction. Um, and so that kind of makes, that's kind of, I think that's the reason why I am a caregiver so much. I think that's the reason why I love taking care of people. I love seeing people happy. I love doing what I can for every and anybody. And I think that's just part of it of just not, having my dad in my life for the past 42 years um is just looking for that love and thank god when tony came my husband he wasn't my father but he understood um what i was looking for and 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 again i think and he taught me over the years we've been married is nothing nobody can take your father away but you have a father in christ that has taken care of all your wants and your needs. So I think that right there really, really helped me to understand as I gotten older, my physical father wasn't here, but my heavenly father kind of took the place of it because when I, when I needed somebody to protect me, when I needed somebody to love me, when I needed someone to really be there for me, God and God has been that, been, been that seed, been that, been that father for me. And so I, I so that I kind of think that's what kind of matched me into being the person that I am is just because of growing up um, fast, um, but then also looking for something that um, I had to find in, in other ways that I think a lot of young people um, that are coming from, you know, coming from abuse or coming from not having a parent in their lives. I think that's part of the problem is um, it's going to, they're looking for something and they just don't know which direction to go to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that you were able at such a young age to look to Jesus and to look yeah. to God, to be your father figure when your, your blood father wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. I, you know, you hear stories all the time and I'm sure probably with some of your students that you work with, they, you know, Kids who lose parents at a young age, you could go one of a million ways, but oftentimes children will go through a really dark period in their life where they rebel or they do just yes. go down a really rough path. And especially at 17 for you, did did you go down a path for a season or were you just like, no, I need to take care of my sisters? Well, Erica, you hit it right there. Yes. You know, being a older sister slash teenager slash caregiver is a lot and so even 17 18 i wanted to be a teenager i wanted to hang out go to parties be with my friends i was a senior in high school and i had a 15 year old sister and i had 11 year old sister at the time so 
Yes, I had, I did a lot of rebelling. Lord knows I did. God has tr truly blessed me. But also, too, again, God, all, during the rebellion time of just being a teenager, part of it was a rebellion time. Part of it, I was mad. I was mad. I was mad. God, you took my mom. Now, at first, you took my dad. But now you're taking my mom. And and what do you want me to do? And so I uh but I have to say again, God protected me from crazy from being crazy, Pat. Um I gave my life over at 18 to Christ, but let's be honest, when you give your life over to Christ at 18, you still gonna go through some stuff. So I went through some stuff probably till I turned 21. By the time I turned 21, my, my youngest sister was graduating high school. My middle sister was in college. And I realized that I am the only vessel. I was the only example that they had. And so I had to change my life around. Um, and so God really, really came into my life and came and said, you know what? You have, you have sisters that's watching you. You have people that are watching you. Cause let's just be honest. I am a African-American woman. It was in the nineties and we did not really have a great reputation, I would say. Um, so I wanted not to be a statistic. I did not want to be, uh, someone's, someone's mom before marriage. Um, I was always scared of drugs. Um, that's one thing I can say my parents instilled in us really, really hard. Not to not to be alcoholic, not to drink, and not to to uh, do drugs. Again, a really really strict Christian background. But now I look at it because I raised my kids the same way. Um, it was a it, it was good for me because even being out there doing my own thing, I still had enough sense to know. Okay, no, I'm I'm not going indulge in, in drugs. I'm not going to indulge in alcohol. So like I said, I, I, I thank God for um, pushing me to do better with my life because I had my sisters watching me. Um, and then it's so funny when God changed my life around, that's when I met my husband at 21. And so he had something for me. Um, I just didn't see it at the time because again, you're, you're young. You think life is going to leave you at 21. Oh, you're so old at, you know, 18 and 21. <laughs> but you and I both can say uh, that you still going to have life in your 30s. You're going to have life. I, well, you can't say it yet. But life in your 40s <laughs> and life in your 50s. So, so yeah. So, I, I can truly say that, that it's, it's a learning experience. It was a learning experience for me. But it was a good one. It was a good one. You said that you, you know, kind of the deal with, with your husband was we got to, you know, you, if you're with me, you're taking, you're helping me raise my sisters or take care of my sisters. So when you were in school yourself, like when you were in college, were you, were you living with your aunt and uncle at the time? Is that what you said? I was living with my aunt and uncle from 18 till I turned 20. So me and my sisters were living with them. But when I turned 21, I moved to Arlington. I wanted to go to this big city. <laughs> yes, Arlington. <laughs> Prepare for your I wanted to move to this big city. I, I wanted to see the... Okay, I'm going to give you another one. You remember... I don't know if you remember because you're way younger than me. But you remember in the 80s when Dallas used to come on Friday nights? You probably mm -hmm. don't. 
Well, Dallas not on Friday nights, but I know the show. <laughs> well, Dallas used to come on every Friday night, and the, when the when the opening picture of Dallas would be the big ball. So I used to stand and I used to sit and watch Dallas and say, one of these days I'm going to see that ball. Lord, you're going to see me see that ball. So I moved to Arlington to uh, go to UTA. And so that's how I met my husband. We, we met, he was North Texas, I was UTA, but we came, we came across each other through friends. But anyway, I come to Arlington because I wanted to see bright lights. <laughs> and so when I came to Arlington, my aunt and uncle said, if you go to college, we will um, take care of your sisters and get them through high school. So when I came to U, uh, UTA, I was fighting. When I seen my husband and met my husband and stuff, he didn't believe me that I had two sisters living with my aunt and uncle. But one day they would have to come stay with me. And so when we got, so I explained this to him. So when we got married, um, by that time, my, star, my younger sister was getting ready to graduate high school. And so my, I told my husband, I said, we have to get, her name is Barbara too. <laughs> it's Barbara's all over my family. But I told my daughter, she's the last Barbara. We can't, we can't just have a whole line of Barbara's. But, uh, but when she graduated um, high school, we took her to Prairie View A&M. So we were the, 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 the sister, mom, slash brother-in-law, father taking uh at 21 years 21 22 years old taking my 18 year old sister to uh preview and so we we did the mom and the, so when my kids got to college i knew i was i was i had all i knew how to get to college the staying there is a different story but i knew how to get to college so but yeah we we got her in school we was the parents that came down all the time and checked on her but yeah uh, he tells people all the time he said we we didn't have kids at the time, but our, my two sisters were our examples. Were were kind of like our our test test babies. <laughs> but yeah, and and that's how I knew God brought him to me because I don't know what man at twenty one or twenty two would take on two teenage girls right. of all things, girls. <laughs> but he did. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> yeah, that tells a lot about him for sure. Now your relationship with your sisters now, is it, are y'all very close or is it still kind of like you're the, even though you're just, you're really not that much older than them, but is, is it still like the, the, the motherly sister role? Girl, was you at my house the other day? (laughs) (laughs) I am, you know what? Um, I thought I would get out of that role because again, I have a sister that's 50. She'll be 50 in September. And my other sister will be 47, 48 in June. But they still call me with their problems. And neither one of them are married. Neither one of them have kids. But they still call me for their problems. They still call me when they have a bad day at work. Um, Just like my own kids, my grown kids do now. Um, I have given them relationship advice. I've given them business advice. So I don't think I've ever really, really been their sister. I've always been their mother, but they don't see it that way. They see I'm their mother, kind of like my kids. I'm the mother when they need, I need to be their mother, but then they don't want me to, but then they want me to be their, their best friend. And so, but they, to me, I feel like I'm their best friend and their mother, but they always say I get both of those mixed up. (laughs) 
So, so <laughs> they always saying, are you my best friend? Or are you my mom right now? I'm like, I thought I was, they're like, no, you're sounding like my mom. I'm like, I, at this point, I don't even know which one is the different one. But they say that. <laughs> They say to me that I still act like their mother, but yes, I I, I don't think I've ever played the uh, the sister role ever. Okay, so now we're flashing forward. You're you have the sisters living with you now. When you were in school, did you at the time? Did you have obviously you were studying? What did you study again? I, to believe it or not, it took me thirty years to get my college degree. Okay, so you stopped to take care of them. I did. I stopped to take care of them. I got them. I, I got both of them into college. Um, so when they was in college, um, I stopped and started working full time. But you know how what happens when you start working full time. So Tony has always been a UPS driver. He's been there. This year makes his 32nd year. So he's been there pretty much all our married life. So he worked full time at UPS. I worked full time at a daycare center. Um, so I, and so when I got them through college, well, my kids came along. So by the time my youngest sister was going through college and then she decided she wanted to go to medical school, I was like, Lord help us Jesus. But, um, <laughs> she went to school and she went to Ohio after her undergrad. So we had to move her all the way in Ohio. And then she went to internship in Denver, Colorado. So I was around snow for many years. Uh, but, and then my youngest, my middle sister um, graduated and then she moved all the way to go to, to graduate school in South Carolina. So for years, I was going back and forth or they were getting them back and forth to come home. So I stopped going to school. Then when they got out of school, they tried to talk me into going back to school. Matter of fact, they wanted to help pay for me to go back to school. So I went back to school at 26 years old. At that time, Erica, I had a four-year-old and a, no, I had a two-year-old and a newborn. Then life happened. So at 30, I said, I'm going back to school. I'm going back to school because they are both in school now. So I can go back to school. My husband kept saying, you know what? Go back to school. Go back to school. But life happens again and bills get more. Kids grow up. Kids need stuff. So fast forward to now or close to now, I put it on my bucket list when I was 40 years old. My daughter was 16. My son was 14. I put a goal. I said I wanted to go to college and graduate by the time I'm 50. So I had this long bucket list of everything I wanted to do. So I started going back to school. When you when you met me at Grapevine at ISD, I was going to school. I would take one class a semester, two classes a semester. Um, I would sit out a semester because I needed to work a second job to pay for whatever sport my kids were doing or whatever they needed in school. But I had a bucket list and I told myself by the time I'm 50, I wanted to go and graduate. So my big thing was my kids, um, you know, being a mom, um, I wanted to spend every moment I could with them. So my kids went. So I started an education to back back up. I started an education in 2000. My daughter was a kindergarten in kindergarten 
and my husband and I wanted to wanted me to work somewhere that I could be with my kids. So for six years, I was their school secretary. So they went to school with me every day. They came home with me every day. We did homework. We did everything. And I put them first for the first 18 years of their lives. Um, because when my daughter went off to college, that's when I really got serious about college uh, for myself. Because I realized my kids was going off to college. My husband was full-time. He was in full-time ministry plus working at UPS. So I asked myself, what am I doing for me? I've taken care of my kids. My husband is good. I've taken care of two sisters. But what have you done for Patricia? So um, I buckled down and I went to college um, and I told myself, but by the time I turned 50, I wanted to have a degree. And so, what was it, two years ago, uh, I went back to school, went to University of Phoenix. Girl, went to work full time. Came home and did classes on nights and weekends for, for five years. And when I turned 50, I turned 50 in July the 11th. I graduated with a, a, a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and counseling in October. So, um, so I was shy by, what, three, four months after my 50th birthday. But I told myself that I had to start doing stuff for myself. I... I you only get one life and that's what I want a lot of women to understand that we do so much for our families our co-workers our extended family that sometimes we get lost in and not doing things for us and it's no one else's fault but us sometimes because we we want to make sure our kids are, are well-rounded and loved and and we always there for all their football games, basketball games, you know, their plays, their choir practices at church. But when it boils down to it, when your kids get grown and gone like mine, what else do you have? So that was one of the biggest reasons that I'm, I'm just crossing stuff out. I have eight more years until I'm 60. So I told myself that every year I'm going to do something for myself um, because I, 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 I've done... I, I, not that I deserve it, but because I think if we as women are happy, it makes our husbands happy. It makes our kids happy. So I have seen um, my kids being very proud of me for getting my college education. I've seen my husband be proud of me. Um, I've seen where I don't feel like I'm less of a woman without a college education. Um, I feel like that, okay. Um, if I can do this, I can do something else. So I'm giving myself a little bit more power, um, just 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 doing something for me for a change. So that was that was part of my thing, just the goal of, of, of finishing my college degree. Now all that other stuff, God came in play. <laughs> I am very proud of you that you had this goal, you stuck to it, and you accomplished it. It's a really big deal, Pat, because like you said, you, you know, from really 17 to when you were 50, um, and I know still now as well, but you were really putting so many other people first because you are a caregiver you care about them. You love them. You're selfless. And so you're taking care of them. You're wanting their needs first, um, which is very much a Christ-like love. So that's, uh, 
I think that's just phenomenal about you. Um, and then now, like you said, you're, you know, a couple, two years ago, you chased after this goal and now you have a goal every single year to accomplish something. That's huge. I'm so proud of you. I'm just, I'm really excited for you. What is your, uh, what is your goal this year? My goal this year is, okay, well, let me go back. When I turned 50, I graduated college, right? So when I turned 51, me and my husband decided we were going to go three vacations, three places we've never been before. And believe it or not, I ain't never been to Vegas. So <laughs> I went, my husband and I went to Vegas for his birthday. Then we never been to Cancun. So we went to Cancun for our anniversary in June. And then we went to New York uh, for my birthday. So those were off my bucket list for, for that year. Now this year, my bucket list is to go to somewhere. I, I've never been like to Jamaica or Dominican Republic or, Ho well, Hawaii is like my 55th dream when I turn 55. But we want to go somewhere else that we've never been before. Also, too, my other goal is I'm thinking about um, going ahead and getting my master's degree. Um, in education. And then my third thing is is also setting up a nonprofit for foster, for, for young people that foster out of foster care. Um, because I work, I work with a lot of young people from the ages of 14 to 22 at my school, at Premier High School, that um, we're kind of like a second chance public charter school. And so I work with a lot of, and I'm a senior teacher, so I work with 18 to 22-year-olds. Um, and so a lot of my kids I work with are, have fostered out of foster care. So when they're fostered out of foster care, they, um, the foster system uh, helps them get an apartment, um, but they don't help them with anything else. They give them furniture. They give them um, an apartment. Uh, but I'm learning that I am helping students learn how to be on their own in an apartment. Um, I had some young people that I had to teach them how to use the oven safely. I've had to teach them how to not to cook on hot. So I had to, you know, not to go to sleep or be on your phone while you're cooking. Cause so it's a lot of everyday things that we take for granted that a lot of young people that, they never had an early idea how to cook safe. They never, they don't know how to do their laundry. They don't know how to budget or pay their bills. Um, so I am really, really praying and asking God to help me to just give me a direction because I really want to help maybe come up with um, some people to help train our young men on, you know, being a young man and, and, and uh, also have some women to train some young women on how to, you know, carry yourself as a young woman, how to carry yourself in holding down an apartment. Um, again, I have two lovely young seniors that I've been helping for the past couple of months, just teaching them how to budget, taking your check and writing down your bills, you know, how to pay your bills, how to buy groceries, all of that, because I was literally having students come to school that were hungry every day. But they got a paycheck every two weeks because they just did not know how to budget. So I said, I so we just have a teaching class sometimes on how to just do 
everyday necessities, everyday, you know, I've even taught them how to uh, cut coupons. Um, I've even taught them how to, instead of going to Kroger's, go to Aldi, go to the dollar store, the Dollar Tree, um, and, and budget your money that way. So I'm really, really thinking about helping um, students that have uh, gotten too old to be in foster care system. So those are my three things for this year that I'm going to try to do before 2023 is over with. <laughs> wow, that nonprofit idea is wonderful. I think that that's very much needed. And the fact that you're in it every single day, like you really know the need and the necessity of that. Um, One of the things too, that I'd like to know, or kind of backtrack a little bit, you graduated with a degree in criminal justice and counseling, but you're a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) How did we get from that to where you are teaching? God have a sense of humor. Um, I wanted to work in the juvenile justice system, uh, and that was has been my passion for a long, long time. Is to work with young people and to let them know people love them. You you might have taken a wrong turn, but you can get it right. Um, so I wanted to work in the juvenile justice system, um, but COVID happened, and so when COVID happened. I knew when I had in my degree, I had to find something. So I was a teacher's assistant at Premier High School for one year. So I got to work with all the students from freshmen all the way to seniors. So they don't even call me Miss McGuire. They call me Miss Pat or they call me Grandma Pat or Aunt Pat. One of them. Grandma. Yep. Because I, again, a caregiver, a nurturer, so I would, again, see these kids that um, can't go to public schools because some of them have anxiety. Some of them have gotten in trouble. And this is their last resort to get a high school diploma. Uh, some of them have been moved so many times by parents um, in different situations that Premier is probably the best school for them. So for that year, I just was in classes you know, when uh, subbing when teachers was out, covering lunches. So I really, really loved um, getting attached to the kids. I got in love with teaching them, you know, government and history. Because, again, I love to talk, but I, you know, I know you think I'm shy. But <laughs> but I love <laughs> being on the swing of teaching these kids because, A lot of our kids do not know their history, do not know policies and procedures of the government. Um, I deal with a lot of students that are immigrants, their parents first time coming to America from, you know, Mexico. I have some parents that have uh, some kids that have came from Brazil all over the country that do not know that they have they're in America. That is great. They live in a place that they can. It's open to everything about them. So when I started inviting different people, like the mayor of Arlington, to come and talk to them, I started, well, I started a career fair when I was a teacher's assistant, where I wanted them to have different schools to come in because a lot of our kids thought they couldn't go to college. They couldn't afford it. It was a me again. I was seeing myself uh, that their parents needed them to work. Um, so they were going to be the first one to graduate high school. 
So they just thought once they graduate high school, I'm just going to go work for the rest of my life to help my family. And I wanted them to understand it's so many opportunities for them here, right around the corner, that um, I started a career fair. And so I loved what I was doing in the school system. I love to see those kids say, oh, miss, I can go to TCC. I could go to UTA. Yes, you can. Um, they were bringing information home to their parents so their parents can go get a GED. Um, they did not know that so much offers at the city library. So I bring the city library in and they get free library cards. They don't know that they get to get free Wi-Fi from the library for 30 days because a lot of my kids cannot afford Wi-Fi at home to do their homework. So the city, Arlington City Library, um, the, uh, for, uh, for all the, the community. So they just thought that if they didn't live in that community, they couldn't go to the city library or they didn't even think about the city library. And I was, so I brought the city library out during our career fair just to show them all the different things that they can go home and tell their parents and, 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 and guardians about. And so that is the reason why I started teaching. And then God is something else too, because the teacher that I took over her place, she left. And I started teaching a week after school started. Oh, this oh, year. This year. <laughs> this year. <laughs> This year, Erica, this year, um, she left the first week of school. She got a better opportunity. Again, God loves his sense of humor. She she texted me Thursday morning and said, hey, I need you to cover my class. Um, I'm not going to be in today. I said, oh, okay. So I jump up out the bed, you know, get my stuff ready. So my boss, Mr. Turner, comes in at the end of the day. He says, are you ready to teach? I said, well, <laughs> he said, are you ready to teach? <laughs> I said, you're funny. You're real funny. He said, no. Are you ready to teach? I said, can I go pray about it for a minute and come back? He said, yeah, take your time. <laughs> so I came back the next day and I said, oh, Miss Turner, I don't know if this is what I want to do. I don't know. But then what really got me was one of my kids came to me and said, Miss, you're going to be our teacher, aren't you? And so when he said that, I said, yes, I'm going to be your teacher. And so that is how I became <laughs> a teacher this year. Is uh, <laughs> uh, The senior teacher actually left uh, and, and uh, moved and, uh, and left for health reasons. And so I became the senior teacher. Now, I have 50 students. I have uh, I have about 30 kids from 8 to 12, and then I have about 20 kids from 12 to 4, Monday through Friday. And when I tell you a uh, learning experience about new wave children, it's something else. Uh, because I have to remember that these children are not my, not my blood kids. They are they're learning different. They learn very differently from what I learned. I mean, I learned from a textbook. They're learning from social media. And so I had to learn how to meet them where they're at. And so I think that's that's one of the best things I've learned as a teacher is meeting them where they're at. Every young person 
learns differently and they come from a very different background. Um, I think the way God planned my background, planned my life, I can, I, I, I kind of know what they're going through. I know what they're, what, what they're being. Um, uh, also too, um, now the, 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 the not so pleasant, uh, of teaching is one is not enough hours in a day to teach and take care. Uh, two, it's not, uh, again, you, you're fighting yourself against social media and a cell phone. Um, that's a big problem in the classroom. I think every teacher will say that just to get the kids from off their cell phones and getting their lesson done and to listening to you. I think that's the biggest thing. And then number three, um, parents are getting younger and younger every day. And so parents... I think COVID was the worst thing. We all know it was the worst thing that ever happened to us, but I think it was the worst thing to education because I think um, we got really laxed. Parents got really laxed about their kids' education. Um, I think parents also are tired, and so they leave a lot to the learning as well as parenting to, ed to educators. So I've had to, to deal with that, that, that part. But again, the, the love of it is seeing that kid get it. Seeing that kid say, okay, I got this. Um, seeing a kid um, graduate. I had to, because our school is self-paced. So once you get your 26 credits, you can graduate whatever month it is. So it's not, and then, at, and then in June, at the end of school, we all come back together and have a big graduation ceremony. But throughout the year, you can graduate at any time of the year. So I've been a new new teacher, don't know what I'm doing, but prayer prayer carries me through. Um, I have 15 students graduating, so I was proud about that. Um, and then I have two that I'm working on graduation this week. And so what it looks like, we got eight weeks of school left. So what it looks like, I will have between 30 to 35 students to graduate. So I am so excited. And all of them have got accepted to college. One of them is going to the military. So I am just, when I tell you, I'm so excited about these young people going to school. And some of them want to be entrepreneurs. Some of them have already started their businesses, but want to go to business school and learn more. And I just, I just thank God that I contribute um, a little bit to their success. It's, it's been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful year. That's huge, Pat. I mean, yeah. just you think about if you're with these same students for what three hours, three to four hours every single day, and mm -hmm. the impact that you're having on them, and the fact that they're graduating, and I mean, yeah. I know that they feel loved and cared for by you. I mean, especially if they're calling you Grandma Pat. It's like, okay, well, if they're giving you a nickname, you know they love you. <laughs> oh, most definitely they gave me a nickname. They're like, you're some, you're like my grandmother. Well, you know, some of them, I'm about, it, I'm about their grandmother's age anyway. But uh, <laughs> they're like, you know, you remind me of my great aunt. You remind me of my grandmother because, you know, I treat them the way I want my kids, what I wanted my kids to be treated. And, and like I tell them, you are my success story. I know you can do it. You're going to do it. Um, and I just told them, you know, pretty much where I wish someone would have told me that your education is something no one could ever take away from you. And so do it now while you're young so you can get that advantage as you get older. 
So I use my example all the time. I said, as much as I love my family, I did put them first. Um, but then also, too, God's planning is, is wonderful. God's planning is wonderful because I look back on my life and I says, I think if I would have stayed in school, maybe went to be a teacher or or something else, I wouldn't have had the time I had to spend with my children because they went to school with me in the morning. They came with me in the afternoon. I was able to have summers off with them. So to this day, they talk about how mom was always there. Mom was always around. Mom always picked us up. Mom always was at soccer practice or anything we were doing. I wouldn't change that for a thing. So I think God's timing was great because now I'm at the age my kids are grown and gone. And so I have that energy and that time to put in someone else's child. And so I think that's what God did. He was like, let me help you get your sister through school. Let me help you get your kids through school. And then it'll be your time. So that's why I'm saying I this time of my life has really, really been rewarding because I can look back and say, I did everything I really wanted to do with my family. And now I can do something for myself as well as bless other other kids. So God's timing is perfect. It just really is. It's a beautiful story. When you were just in the midst of motherhood where you were working at the school with the kids and um, I don't know, you didn't mention, what did you do while they were in middle and high school? Were you also working at their middle school and high school? Well, it's so funny because they, they thought I was going to follow them all the way up to the school. <laughs> but I was their school secretary from the time my daughter was in kindergarten until she went to sixth grade. And then when she went to junior high, believe it or not, I was a family liaison for Gun Junior High in Arlington. I was there for five years. So I was that family. I was a family uh, liaison. And what that meant was. I took care of all the kids in need. So, so teachers would come to me and say, hey, Johnny didn't, he came to school every day, he comes to school every day and he never has a coat and it's snowing outside. So I will call for donations and see if we can have a coat drive, see if we can get a shoe drive going. So I did that for five years. And when I tell you I loved that job because I got the parents, I did parent meetings where I got the parents involved and they came into school and volunteered. Um, I also did, uh, again, I did uh, after school programs for the kids. So all the kids that we knew that pretty much went home and parents worked late and we called them latchkey kids. I would have a, a, a game. I would set up and have a game day twice a week where they would stay after school and their, until their parents got home and we would do snacks we would do board games and all kinds of stuff in order to just have so they could have something different besides just going home by themselves. But I did that for five years. And then I went to for I came to see you for God brought me in your life, Erica. <laughs> I was um, a secretary for Bowie High School for three years. So I've been in education since 2000, but I've been in between a secretary, family liaison. Um, Secretary of Grapevine. Uh, <laughs> and so, so I've been in education and pretty much I stayed in education just so I could be available for my sisters so I can be available for my kids. So it, it really all has worked out. 
Well, and it's, and it's very, I mean, it, it all makes sense too, that you, yes, it worked out for you as a, as a parent, uh, as a caretaker for your sisters and your children, you know, for the, the timing and the schedule, but also just like hearing your story of you having this love and this passion to, um, just look out for those in need. And, you know, and it's like everything that you've done is just telling of your character and of, of who you are. Well, thank you. Well, you're welcome. And I was, I was going to ask you when you were in the midst of, you know, being a parent and then also working these other jobs, knowing that you wanted to get your degree at some point, did you ever have moments of just frustration with where you were? Or were you really content where the fact that you had this availability for your children? To be honest with you, Erica, I was frustrated. I was frustrated because something in me felt like um, I hadn't completed. I hadn't completed uh, my life really. It was like, and then also working in education, um, it was a lot of jobs or a, a lot of things I wanted to do. But just because I didn't have that high, I didn't have a college education, I couldn't do it. I would have loved to be an instructional coach at Grapevine, but I didn't. I had the ideas. I, you know, helped the instructional coaches with a lot of stuff. But just because I didn't have that high school diploma, I'm sorry, that college diploma, um, it, it, it held me back. So I knew for years that it was a lot more that I wanted to do. But even when you apply for jobs, what's the first thing they ask you? What degree do you have? Um, don't, and I tell my kids this in school too. Doesn't it doesn't matter your experience? Because I have years and years of experience in certain things, but I didn't have that college degree. So I knew in order to complete the yearning inside of me and and to also feel like I'm whole or completed, I needed to get my college degree because it it did it did make me feel a little negative or sad or felt like that okay. Not saying just being a mom or a wife was not enough, but I, it's a little bit. But inside of me, I kept saying, "Okay, I, I'm an okay mom. I'm an okay wife, but I'm still missing something. I still, I still kept saying I'm missing something. I'm missing something that I just wasn't happy uh, altogether. Even though you know people will say, "Oh, you always bubbly. You always joy to be around." I'm glad they said that. I'm glad they felt that way or I made them feel that way. But deep down inside of me, I just kept feeling like I really want my degree. I want to I want to do something to make me happy. And I also wanted something because, you know, working in education as a teacher's assistant, as a secretary, you just don't make you don't make enough money as a teacher either. But you just don't make enough money to take care of your family the way you want want to. So, and also I got to the point where I didn't want my husband to work so much, to work so many hours and, and he would cash in his vacation days, you know, to pay for whatever the kids needed or, you know, something that I needed. And so I just said, Lord, I, I just really want to be a big part of, of, of the financial uh, institution here in my, in my home. But also too, I felt a yearning in my side of my spirit. that's like, I ain't complete yet. I'm not done yet. So once I did that, once I got my college degree, then I said, okay, 
I feel better now. I feel like a woman. I feel like I've accomplished something in my life. And I know people always say, well, you accomplished two children. You accomplished your husband and you took care of your two sisters. But for me, I hadn't accomplished anything. So with my college degree, I felt like I really accomplished something. You absolutely did. And I, and I just think it's very encouraging that, um, you know, you, you, this whole podcast is about being more than your age, doing things that are more than your current situation and and not letting yes. turning 50 stop you from pursuing that. But it was really the, no, I'm turning 50, so I'm going to do this by the time I'm 50. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, and you did that. And I think that that's wonderful. And I am really excited because you said you're going to pursue your master's in education just to see where that's going to take you. Um, yes. Maybe you'll be my boss one day. <laughs> Hey, I wouldn't mind you being my boss, but no, I, I love how you, how your podcast is more than an age because I want women my age, older grandmothers. If you're feeling like, Hey, I'm, I'm like me, that you feel like that your life is not totally complete. You're blessed. I was blessed. Loving husband, loving children, never missed a beat on anything, but except I wanted to do something for me. And that's why I love your podcast because it shows other women, no matter where you are in life, do something for you to make you happy because we only have one life. And God gave us every morning I wake up, I always tell myself before I get out the bed, Lord, thank you because you didn't have to wake me up this morning. So I'm going to make the best of this day. And so I love your podcast because you're showing women of all ages. It doesn't stop just because you might not be in a, in a positive part of your life or a, you don't, might not have great finances or you're a single mom or maybe you're an older woman um, that you might be at the point of your life that maybe your spouse died and maybe your kids have grown and gone like mine that you think life is over. No, life is starting. You're starting your life because every day God gets you up in the morning, that's a day to make that life and day better. And so that's why I love this podcast because you're, it's like, okay, I might be 72, but I can still go back to school. You know, yeah. I might be 82, I can run a marathon. You know, I might be 22 and don't know where my life ends at. But I'm going to get started on doing something. So it doesn't matter what age we are. And I love how we as women have to continue to encourage each other because we don't get the respect or the love or the push from the outside world. Because poor us um, as wives and, and, and moms that, you know, we have to choose. I love my husband. He's a bad, he's the greatest man. But he didn't have to choose to be a mom or be a minister or be, you know, a work at a business. But I had to. Me as a me as a woman, I had to choose to say, okay, I'm gonna put my education aside for a while and get my sisters out of school, get my kids out of school, and then I'm gonna see if 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 I can do if I can go back to school. We choose all the time. And those society doesn't tell men to choose. Sometimes I don't even think they know how to choose. But anyway, that's a whole different segment. But no, we choose. We always have to be the ones to sacrifice and, and choose which one we're gonna do. We can't do both. Which one we gonna do? So I just so I'm so glad you're 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 doing this podcast and you're telling these ladies 
You don't have to choose. You can do all of it. We are strong women. We can do it all. We can do it all. But the first thing you got to do is take time out for yourself and enjoy what God has put for you to do. If God is telling you to write that book, write that book. If God is telling you to, to run that marathon, run that marathon. If God has told you to do that, do this podcast, Erica, you doing this podcast because we are women and we can do it all, but we also have to make sure we're doing something to make us happy. Because again, we only have one life. And so that's what I had to tell myself at 50. Girl, you ain't got but one life. Enjoy that life. Because we don't know what day God may call us home. So so we got to have that strength and push each other and say, hey, you can do this. So I'm telling you to keep this podcast going because it's a blessing to women to see other women to, to be encouraged. Because again, our society does not encourage us to to do stuff for ourselves society tells us you need to choose which one you're gonna do and i'm here to tell women you can do it all it might not take it might take you a little bit longer you you might can't do it all in a day but you can do it all and but the first thing you need to do is do something for yourself because once we're happy in doing what we want to do it makes your family happy it makes the people around you happy because how many people since you started this podcast said oh I thought about doing something, you know, and 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 yeah. I thought I could, but now I do. I can. I'm gonna do what God put on my spirit to do because I see you doing that this podcast. So that's what God got you doing. Got you opening up doors <laughs> for other women. <laughs> that's what He doing. Well, thank you, Pat. Well, and and by. <laughs> By you sharing your story, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna encourage so many people. And you know, it's so funny. Is is I hate that the age. I mean, that is the whole reason why I started this. Is is you know, people all the time are like they just use it as a reason to not do something that they want to do. Like I was having a conversation with a group of women roughly my age the other day. I mean, you know, the other day, and everyone was just like, "Oh, I'm older. I can't. You know, I'm, I'm this and this." And I'm like, "Have you listened to my podcast?" Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to say that to them because I've just it's you hear it all the time. And so the more people that are pushing through that stigma and yeah. and pursuing goals and dreams, whatever age they're doing, is gonna encourage another person. And so your story did just that, Pat. You um you answered a lot of my questions that I didn't even need to ask you. So <laughs> you did great. Um, so Pat, thank you so much for thank joining you. the more than your age podcast. Um, I loved listening to you. I miss you so much, but I appreciate you joining. Kiss them babies for me too. I will. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. If you were encouraged by today's episode, like, and subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with a friend. You can find me on Instagram at Erica Shoray. That's Erica with a C, Shoray, S as in Sam, H as in happy, O, H as in happy again, R-A-E. Keep striving for your goals, live fully, and we'll catch you next time on the More Than Your Age podcast.